0: You're a little older and a lot wiser.
1: The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP
0: Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts, and our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or... Through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. And we've got a great program for you today, folks. House Speaker Tim Moore of the General Assembly is with us to talk about his term as Speaker, his observations from that unique perspective, and his take on 2023 and what we should expect next year with a, a new speaker and so forth. But first, ladies and gentlemen, as always, my partner in crime and esteemed production
2: engineer, Mr. Jason Kong is here with me. Jason, how are you, sir? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I am festive and full of Christmas cheer. Mike, how are you doing? Well, it is
0: Christmas Eve, technically, yes. right, as folks are hearing this. So, yeah, uh, I'm festive, too.
2: I, I'm wearing my red. You are. Remember you I don't prepared.
0: wear I don't wear this often, remember? I remember you complimented me no, the last no, no, time that's I wore this. A
2: very, very nice quarter zip pullover that you got there. Nice Christmas red. That's I like right. it. It's
0: like a Christmas gift from my mom, I think a year or two ago. Mom, you're listening, love you. I'm wearing it. <laughs> I wear it specifically for certain times. I think Valentine's Day I wore it. <laughs> and now I'm wearing it for Christmas. Feeling uh very, very festive. So Jason, uh Big day is tomorrow. Santa gonna be uh, making its way uh, sometime
2: after midnight tonight. After midnight, I'm sure the uh, the kids will be up dark and early to uh, <laughs> see what Santa has left them. So yeah, it's it's just a wonderful time of the
0: year. Man. That's right. Your kids are at that age too, where it's like, well, mom and dad aren't getting to sleep in on Christmas morning by any stretch. Yeah. No,
2: that's that's not happening. But that's okay. That's okay. Oh
0: yeah, definitely, absolutely. So let me ask you something, Jason. Do you remember looking back as as a, you know throughout your childhood? Do you have a favorite Christmas? Was there a favorite Christmas? Favorite Christmas present? Anything like that that stands out to you as you an adult and a parent now?
2: Sure. I mean, there's a, a number of Christmases that I really enjoyed. Uh, one, I mean, the one that sort of sticks out into my mind is the uh, me and my sisters really wanted a Super Nintendo one year, and we mm. got it, and that was you know that was just the big gift that we spent <laughs> all day unpacking and playing. It was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, something about those old uh, consoles, those older yes. systems back then uh, really stood out. It's interesting you mentioned that. I remember when we got Atari, Atari 2600. I know I'm a little older than you. Um, 2600 came out, and it was just huge. And it was, you know, we got, you know, came with Space Invaders and Pac-Man or something like that. And, of course, you know, you my kids look at these games now, and they're like, what? is that <laughs> what is that thing that box that's a tank <laughs> you know little ridiculous but at the time it was so so cool and then when super nintendo i know was big but when the original the nes system yes. came out that first one 16 bit or whatever it was is like wow look at the definition on that block That's amazing <laughs> so so exciting yeah for me i got i gotta say jason um as i'm i'm thinking about this and uh you know, it's it's really easy for me to do this every Christmas with my kids because for each of us, I think the standard for what Christmas should be, hopefully, is what Christmas was for us, you know, assuming they were joyous. And if I guess if they were a little lackluster saying, well, here's what I, what I would have wanted, so I'm going to do this for my kids. I remember one year, um, and I was born in 75, so probably 80, 81 or something, one year I got – all of this great He-Man and the Masters of the Universe stuff. I nice. got the Castle Skull, with the, you know, the amazing... Just the artwork alone on the box was awesome. And for those of you who may not remember, just Google that Masters of the Universe uh, Castle Skull box. And you look at the artwork on that, and it was a painting. I mean, it was just this incredibly amazing... Um, Uh, a a piece of art of of the battle, you know, of, of some other planet. And it was just so, so great to open it up and to see that, you know, as a little kid opening up this giant box and here's this cool castle that looks like a giant skull. And it was so cool. And then the other thing I got that year, us one trucking, which was an RC like construction track set. Jason, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It was so cool. You would drive around like, you know, little uh, um, dump truck. You're driving it around. You go off the exit off the highway. You back up. It backs up to this to this little hill. Hits a little trigger, and up the little plastic bulldozer comes up and rolls logs into the back of the the, 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 the cool. truck. And then you take off, and then you go to a dump spot and you dump them off in that. And then there was another truck that had like coal or something. You dropped in, it, and it got all over the place. And it was so, so cool. And I just remember what those those two toys, that particular year, I think that was 80 or 81, just being so struck and just being like, wow, like, could life be any better, you know? And <laughs> so in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, what can be, uh, you know, how can I recreate that for my kids now? And um, it's, uh, I don't know how I've done it over the years. I know my kids have, uh, have uh, um, always enjoyed Christmas and have always um, really enjoyed the gifts that they have gotten. And I think appreciating the fact that um, you know what what they have—not every every kid has. In fact, it's kind of the exception, you know, in the world. Especially now, with so much turmoil in the world, uh, the holidays are really not a, a joyous time for a lot of people. And we, we think about them now. But um, I have to tell you, you know, we here at ARP without limits, Jason, I've always been very appreciative. Of, of the guests that we have been able to have and this year 2023 has been a big one for us we've had some really great guests and great discussions um and with that said i'm really really happy to bring on board our next and guest. and so right now we are very happy to have with us uh the speaker of the house in our general assembly tim moore mr speaker thank you so much for being with us today
1: Thank you very much. It's good to be with you.
0: First off, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your family. Uh, We really appreciate you taking the time, especially this time of the year, to be on one of our last shows of the year. Uh, To begin with, I'd like to start by asking you about this year as we're finishing up 2023. What stands out to you as the most important accomplishments uh, in the House this year?
1: Well, it's, it's great to be with you today, and I will tell you that there were a lot of Uh, Really a lot of great accomplishments this year at the legislature, but I would have to start off with our state budget. Uh, It was a budget that continued the tax relief that we've been working now for over a decade. It also contained a record amount of investment in infrastructure around the state from new schools, roads, water, sewer, broadband, uh, justice centers, you name it. Uh, just an absolute unparalleled amount of investment in communities from Manio to Murphy, uh, from the urban areas to the most rural areas. And it's really doing a lot to help take care of a lot of needs that are there. Also very happy with what we were able to do for our teachers and our state employees, Uh, the salaries that we were really able to increase very significantly for a lot of law enforcement, where there have been some challenges recruiting or retaining Uh, the investment in our community colleges in terms of capital and uh, facilities and and also on staff and personnel I mean just so much uh, of of spending money wisely of doing more with less in some ways and really continuing this this work of of, you know over a decade ago um, we were a state that was in the hole Uh, we owed the federal government around four billion dollars and you fast forward to today, we are, we now have a, a surplus of around $5 billion. We're able to continue investments. We're able to continue lowering taxes. And I'm just ex- extremely proud of this budget that it's building on these, these budgets these last few years. So if I had to pick one, uh, that would be it. But there's a lot of other things that we dealt with that I'm, I think the, the voters are happy with.
0: And I would agree that is a huge bucket of accomplishment. One of the things about the state budget that ARP was really pleased about is the support for older adults and including some, some areas where there are reoccurring funds and areas that help us to address the, especially the healthcare needs of older adults here in our state. So we're really pleased. I know that the budget hit some, some bumps every year, you know, I'm sure like every year it does, um, this year with the stakes being high and Medicaid expansion and other things like that being tied to the budget, um, um, really ending the year on a good note. And as he, I'd say, I'll, I'll tell you, when we were back in COVID, we were thinking, wow, how are states going to be infected, affected and to see $5 billion state surplus for North Carolina here at the end of 2023 20, is very, very remarkable. Um, Mr. Speaker, most of us have little true sense of what it is that the Speaker does. And as the longest serving Speaker in North Carolina history, you literally know that better than anybody ever. For our audience, can you describe the, the, what is the important role of the Speaker um, and how have you approached leadership um, over these years?
1: Certainly. Well, a lot of folks don't realize that the Speaker of the House is the third in line running the state. You have the Governor, the Lieutenant Governor, and then the Speaker of the House. And so every now and then you get a call that uh, the Governor and the Lieutenant Governor are out of state and uh, you're the acting Governor. So that's that doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's kind of... Uh, uh, it, it just sort of puts it in perspective of how important this uh, this position is. Uh, the other, you know, but but that that's a rare thing. What, but what the speaker really does is, uh, I view it uh, that that I work for my colleagues in the House of Representatives. Uh, I'm very very fortunate that I've been able to to serve in this role now. Um, you know, for for nine years, it will be ten by the time it's over with, and. I view it as, as how do I allow the body, that the members, to effectuate the policy they want to see passed. Uh, you know, the speaker does have the authority basically to decide committee chairs, to decide what bills are heard, to really set the tone and the agenda for the House. But the way that I have chosen to govern is to do it in a very, uh, instead of a top-down approach, a bottom-up where every member is afforded that that opportunity and that respect, So um, I'll do that. And then, of course, I'm in charge of presiding. And then there's a lot of staff that we manage. So it's everything from HR to very uh, high level policy discussions and determinations for this state of nearly 11 million people.
0: Uh, you know, having served as long as you have, both in the legislature and in this particular role, I know you're going to have some really good notes to leave, <laughs> whoever your successor is. We'll ask you about that in a little bit. Um, but um, again, I just really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, especially this time of the year. Uh, you're folks listening to ARP Without Limits. We'll be back after this short break. and we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Folks, just a reminder, we always love hearing from you. Uh, if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a recommend- recommendation or a suggestion for a future topic or guest, please send us an email to aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with the Speaker of the House and the General Assembly here in North Carolina, Tim Moore um, earliest earlier this year uh, Mr. Speaker, the whole world got to see a side of the federal the US House of Representatives when uh, they were in their process of of, of electing a new speaker uh, the cameras were live through c-span and people got to see a perspective they normally don't got normally don't get to see. One of those things I know a lot of people were surprised to see, wow, these two, you know, this Republican and this Democrat who normally seem to hate each other when they're talking on cable news are actually talking pretty cordially. (laughs) And then so on this program, when we've had uh, guests, both Republicans and Democrats from the state legislature and from the the, uh, U.S. Congress – um, we hear the same type of thing um, that things are actually much more uh, bipartisan and much more productive than people may perceive. Can I ask you what is your, as the head of a, such a key institution here in North Carolina, what's your perspective on that, and, and how would you describe bipartisanship in the in the legislature?
1: Uh- I will tell you that ninety-five percent of what we do in the state legislature is, in fact, bipartisan. Uh, the things that you read about that grab the headlines are when there's the when there are the partisan flare-ups on you know whatever the issue is, and so. But those are far and away uh, the, the 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 minority of issues that that we deal with. And so I think it all starts out with having respect for one another. I I believe that we owe it to individuals and we owe it to the institution to be respectful of one another, and to find ways to when we do disagree to disagree as I say without being uh, disagreeable. And so if we when we do that, I think it, it's it just makes the whole system flow better. You know, I I, I can compare that you mentioned uh, Washington D.C. and. Of course, I've I've been Speaker of the House now for nine, and as folks may know, I'm actually running to serve in the U.S. Congress. And one of the things that I'm hoping to see different than what I'm seeing in Washington now is just more civility with people. Uh, It just seems that that, that folks a lot of times are yelling at each other and folks are talking, but nobody's listening. And at the end of the day, there are ways that we can all have strong principles one way or the other, but we have to have the ability to... To speak, to speak with conviction, but to do so professionally and, and without name-calling and this crazy stuff that happens. And importantly, listen to what's being said from the other side. So uh, I will tell you that at, at the state legislature, we've certainly had some, um, there have been those moments where there have been even heated exchanges, if you will. There's certainly been some very spirited debates. But uh, at the end of the day, th- those, those things are more the exception than the rule. And even when those things do happen, it's generally not about personalities, it's about a strong difference of opinion. And you, you think of some of the issues we dealt with this year, we dealt with, you know, we dealt with the abortion issue. We dealt with, um, uh, we dealt with, uh, you know, men and women's sports. I mean, we dealt with some things that were, uh, that, that folks on both sides of the issue were, were you know, got, you know, had very strong opinions on. And so, uh, but I think the way that North Carolina has dealt with that, not only in the substance or the way that it's done in a, between members but in terms of the policy outcomes is actually a model for other states and frankly for a model for national politics to uh, to try to follow
0: you know i i really appreciate everything you just said there mr speaker um You know, one of the things we had the opportunity to see here on our show, ARP Without Limits, where we had the health secretary here in the state, Cody Kinsley, on uh, shortly after we had Senator Perry, Republican member of the the state Senate, on. And uh, it was such so interesting talking about the issue of Medicaid expansion to hear this mutual respect. Um, between the administration's health department and you know a supermajority Republican-controlled uh, legislature talking about health policy in very respectful tones, and I think Axios had a piece recently on that dynamic too. And I agree; I, I think it's a it's a model, and it's something we here in North Carolina should be should be proud of. And, and kudos to you, sir, for your role in, in leadership in that you've served for, for a long time now in the house and as speaker a lot's happened in our state over the course of those years what stands out to you the most sir um, what do you and, and what do you think the public or the voters misunderstand the most about the general Assembly and, and what you guys are able to accomplish
1: you know I think because the general Assembly is not covered as much by you know, regular you know, network TV and by the, the, the you know the talking heads and all that kind of stuff. I think I think I think there's a lot of a lot of folks don't understand, for example, that we're just a part-time legislature, right? That we're not a that we're not a full-time body. Uh, that that members of the House, rank-and-file members of the House, get a salary of thirteen thousand dollars a year and then get a per diem in addition to that when they're when they're in session. But that it is, uh, you know, it, it's definitely one where it's a part-time job and folks all either retired or have another career back home. And I think that, that is, that's one thing that folks don't, they don't, they don't realize, they think that it's a full-time job like Congress is. But I do think the fact that it is part-time is one of the things that has helped keep legislators grounded and really in touch with their districts. So uh, I would say that uh, I hope folks pay attention. We are all of our sessions, by the way, are broadcast live. The, the website is ncledge.gov ncleg.gov and there's a link on there where folks can actually watch and listen house sessions live the Senate just you only get audio but you don't want to watch the Senate anyway it's a lot it's pretty boring but the uh, <laughs> that, uh, the house is the house is where all the action is uh, but you can see those live and and you know the other thing is legislators are very approachable uh, a state legislator and particularly a state house member is the closest to the people represent about 85,000 people. And, you know, I I run into people at the grocery store, at church, at, you know, school functions, whatever, you know. And that's where most of my interaction occurs is just back home in the community and very easy to get with. And and folks really ought to get to know their legislator. um, And and I think they would find that most legislators, all legislators I know, are very receptive to that.
0: Well, what do you, as you are, you mentioned you're you're going to be running uh, for the U.S. Congress soon as you are stepping down from your your role as House Speaker. um, How do you hope to be
1: remembered as Speaker? Well, I will, of course, uh, fulfill the balance of my term as State House Speaker, which will be through the end of next year. And, you know, I I just, I guess I'd want to be assessed for uh, basically what we've done uh, at at the results that we've been able to show by working together and collaboratively for for North Carolina. Uh, I, I think when, the, the day that, that I leave the, the General Assembly and the Speaker's office, I'll be able, as I'm turning the light off and closing the door, I'll, I'll have a sense of satisfaction that we left the place better than we found it. And and I think that that's all that any public servant can ever ask. Uh, and, then, and then just really, I'm just appreciative for the opportunity for the fine folks of Cleveland and Rutherford counties to have had this opportunity to, to represent them now for um, uh, you know over two decades, so uh, it, it just it, it's a humbling thing, and I'm just very appreciative and thankful for this chance to have have uh, had this uh, had this job for a while. Uh,
0: what are some of the rewarding aspects, or wh- what do you think you're going to miss the most about the uh, about being in the legislature and being speaker?
1: i, I really just. If you look at the way the the state legislature functions as opposed to Congress and this and I feel I feel pretty good that I'm going to be serving in Congress, but that will ultimately be up to the voters. But uh, I think the fact of what I'm sort of being prepared for in Washington is that there's a lot of inaction uh, relative to the amount of time that one spends as compared to the General Assembly, where we have really turned things in a significant way for this state in a in a period of time. And so, I, I think I'm going to miss the ability to be to, to see government function that well and be agile. I'm only hopeful that we'll be able to be a part of seeing that done in Washington D.C. And uh, like I guess say, I, I, if we could make the federal government function more like our state government, uh, the country would be a whole lot better off.
0: Now, I got to ask you this this follow up question to that: What are you not going to miss?
1: <laughs> you, you know. I, I, I would, I don't know that there's really anything that, that I want. that I won't, um, that, that I won't I, mean, I, 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 I've never really thought through that question. Hmm. Um, it's really been a good experience and it's like anything else. I mean, you, you have, it's like any job that anyone has, you, you have great days at work and some days you have bad days. Right. And so everybody's always had those days where, you know, you, you, it, it wasn't your favorite day. But in terms of the overall institution, uh, there's not it's nothing but positive things to say about it. And you know, it's something that I've encouraged, uh, friends, family, even, uh, I've got a son that's interested in politics, you know, to, to, to look at it at some point, look at it in terms of giving back. So, uh, Um, Yeah. How about that for a positive answer?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very good. I love the way you turned that around, sir. Um, Last question here. uh, Advice for the next speaker. What would you tell? What what are you going to tell them?
1: Um, And and more than likely, the next speaker is going to be a uh, fellow named Destin Hall, who is from Caldwell County, who actually serves as my rules chairman, which coincidentally was the job that I had uh, when when Speaker Tillis was was before he went to the U.S. Senate when I was uh, before I became speaker. And I would say that, that Destin is uh, very qualified and very prepared uh, when that time comes to take the reins and to lead the House. Uh, I think he will uh, respect the members, uh, be rec- recognize the fact that it is that, that as the Speaker, you work for the members of the House, not the other way around. That's how I've approached it, and I feel confident that's how he'll look at it. And I think if he goes into – his job every day with that attitude, everything else will fall into place just nicely.
0: Wonderful. What a great note to end this discussion with you. Speaker Tim Moore, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you, uh, to you and your family, sir. Thank you. Same to you and
1: yours. It's been a real pleasure being with you today.
0: Great. That is a wrap, folks. Thanks to Speaker Tim Moore for being our guest. Thank you to Jason Kong for production here in the studio. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and Happy New Year to you all. This is Mike Olander, State Director with AARP North Carolina, signing off.